This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. In today's program, we're going to watch the disciples as they begin their adventure of fishing for men and women with Jesus. We will also learn what it takes for us to be faithful to that same calling for the cause of the kingdom of God. Please stay with us. Today we're going to learn from Jesus what it takes to be an effective fisher of men and women. So stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Faithful and gracious God, we're gathering around your holy word once again this day, grateful for it and ready to be learners and doers of it. We ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us this day as we ponder the great and mighty words and works of Jesus and learn what it means to follow him faithfully in our own day. In his name we ask this, amen. Our reading for today is taken from Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread through all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Here ends our reading. Dear friends, what do you remember about your first day of school? I remember my first day of school feeling nervous and not knowing what to expect and looking at the teacher and wondering if she was going to be nice and fun. I remember feeling a little separation anxiety from my home and my mom I remember uh, when I was older, heading off a thousand miles to college, and the excitement and anticipation and the anxiety that filled me as I rode the train from Montana out east to attend school in Iowa, leaving behind uh, family and friends and the familiar surroundings of home. Those first days are really something. In today's reading, we find the first followers of Jesus starting out on a new adventure, and they're beginning their first day of class of how to fish for people for God. Jesus had called them, promising to train them in how to fish for people. They had dropped what they were doing, and, and it answered the call, and they went with him. 
I've always wondered when I've read that story how those disciples must have felt as they set off from the familiar to their first day of class with Jesus. Were they nervous? Were they excited? What, what was going through their minds? While we can't really know that, we, we do know, though, what that training encompassed that they received. We know what they experienced right off the bat. For instance, we know that Jesus didn't take them to a classroom. He took them on the road. They did a campaign all around the territory of Galilee. And that involved a lot of walking. Galilee, you see, was uh, 70 by 40 miles, which means a lot of walking. He went to the people. Instead of setting up a headquarters somewhere to wait for the people to come to him. They also watched him do a lot of proclaiming or preaching wherever they went. He would boldly announce with authority that good news had arrived. I would imagine that as he told this good news that he was smiling and he was confident because This really was good news. It was the best news these people would ever hear. It's what God's people had long been waiting for. Now it was happening. God's kingdom was arriving in Jesus. He's setting up his rule over the world. And now there's a, a hope for the future. God really does care about us. That's what those people were hearing from him. The disciples also must have noticed that his uh, preaching and proclamation included an appeal to respond to this news with repentance and belief. It needed to be acted upon. We also see in our passage for today that not only did Jesus do open-air preaching, but these new followers of his found themselves in the synagogues with him in the various villages they went to, and they would watch him teach. He would take the Old Testament promises from the Law and the Prophets and the Psalms, passages like Psalm 61, about how the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim. And then he would explain that this was actually being fulfilled that very day through him. He would explain the Scriptures and God's plan Jesus also did many acts of compassion, these disciples noticed. He he was always meeting people's needs. He, He healed lepers and sick kids and the dying and the paralyzed and those with epilepsy and all kinds of human pains and tragedy and even the demon possessed. He served them all. He had a big heart for them. And when he saw them, he had compassion on them. They also observed, as they went along with Jesus, uh, God surprises. People who would come to Jesus who would not have been seen as clean or types that were comfortable to be around by uh, their standards. 
I mean, people came that were non-Jews from the Decapolis and Syria and beyond the Jordan, and still Jesus didn't turn them away. But he received them and shared the good news and even served them with his healings. Finally, they, they learned through this time with Jesus that this kingdom work is hard work. It requires a real commitment. There's not much sitting around with Jesus. I mean, during that first campaign tour of Galilee, he was constantly dealing, dealing with lots of people. And that's tiring. It was a very large population that he was attending to. Estimates say, by judging the population figures of those days, there were over 300,000 people in over 200 villages in that region where Jesus was doing his touring. And, And even if he got to two villages per day, it would have taken him three months without taking a break. It And it wasn't always pleasant. He would deal with questioners and critics. And let me tell you, even though from personal experience, preaching even to friendly crowds or teaching can be very, very tiring. And so can the give and take of uh, debate and argument. And then to top it all off, he was dealing with all that sickness and human misery and and even the, the power of evil with the demonic entering into the picture to top it all off. It was exhausting, hard work. It was high commitment work. That's what they learned. Really was uh, on-the-job training, remarkable training, wasn't it? In that open-air classroom with Jesus, they were learning so much and being equipped to do so much. They were learning about Jesus, God's kingdom. They were starting to understand uh, God himself and his plans and his hopes for his people. They were learning to be fishers of men as they followed Jesus. And as they lived with him, they were being transformed from ordinary individuals to persons capable of doing very significant things in the name of the kingdom of God. They were finding themselves getting prepared to go to the people and do ministry of word and deed that would change lives. Eventually, Jesus would send them out on their own. And what we read about in Matthew 10, he says, now you go to the people and do the the word and share with them the good news and, and bring about healings and do the things of compassion in other people's lives. He was He was realistic with them as he sent them out about what they would face, telling them as as they noticed it wasn't easy for him to do, it wouldn't be any easier for them. But they should know this, that their heavenly Father valued them and would be with them through all these things. Can you imagine how scary that had to have been that first time out on their own? But we do know from Scripture that they came back from that mission trip rejoicing in all that they had experienced, and in all that God had done through them. After the resurrection of Jesus, we see them in the book of Acts following the same patterns that Jesus had 
passed along to them, go to the people, all kinds of people they'd go to, using the word, but the good news, and acting with power and doing deeds in the name of Jesus, working hard, open to God's surprises and power along the way, even where he would send them and who God would add to the mission team, even non-Jews, who would have imagined it? They suffered for him. Uh, They worked hard. And they were effective. They were effective. And they turned the ancient world upside down with the good news of the kingdom of God and what God had done for them through his son, Jesus. And we know that the circle widened as they continued to work hard, following in the footsteps of their master, Jesus. That circle widened to the whole world as people went out and carried out their ministry of the word, the gospel, compassionate deeds and acts in the name of Jesus Christ. And here we are even today, the fruit of their following faithfully. You might be wondering at this point, why are you going through all this with us? What's the point of all this that we're covering today? Listen, there's a lesson here for us, those of us who call ourselves the church, for the church today. If you want to be faithful to the calling of catching men and women for God, if you want to be effective and make a difference in this world, impacting it for the cause of the kingdom of God, this is what it's going to take. First, you go to the people. You don't wait for them to come to you. That old adage from the movie Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come, just doesn't apply here. Or if you just advertise they will come, that isn't true either. Or if you just would tweet it, uh, no, that isn't true either. It takes going to the people that God has placed around you and ministering to them in his name and getting to know them and inviting them and sharing your life with Jesus with them. You have to go to them. It also requires some bold proclamation. We don't have to call it preaching, but it takes proclaiming with great confidence and with a smile on your face what you know to be true. The truth of salvation in Jesus Christ. That this world, uh, though it may be looking pretty precarious and we have the predicament of sin that can separate us from God forever. We've got this good news that God has come after us through his son Jesus Christ who took upon himself our sinfulness at the cross, paid the penalty for us, 
God raised him up on the third day and a whole new future has been opened to those who call upon his name, the name of Jesus, trusting in him, following him. I mean, that needs to be boldly proclaimed. Every opportunity, whether we're together in a church building or out in a a setting at work or whatever, that needs to be clearly explained, told with a smile, confidence. We also need to teach and explain from God's Word what He has done for every person and what it means to live with Him in His kingdom, to explain His ways, His values, His faithfulness to His promises and His deep love for the individual as well as for the world and to let people in on what his plan is for the whole world to bring it to himself. We need to be teaching scripture. We also need to pair up the ministry of the word, preaching and teaching with compassionate acts of help and healing and mercy to be willing to pray with people and serve them and see to their needs and to their hurts. The word indeed, the church tends to put these two against one another all too often, but they really do belong together. I've been observing and participating in an inner city ministry run by a friend of mine. His name's John. We call it the Godtown Ministry and There he is uh, with his team and with volunteers from our congregation uh, impacting uh, the neighborhood around him in the inner city with the gospel, not only bringing them the word of God's love for them in Christ, but serving them and praying with them in their homes and being a servant in the neighborhood surrounding that community center out of which he now works. Word indeed truly belong together. It's kind of like that old saying that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And then again, we can't just be caring and not point people in the direction of why we're doing this in the name of Jesus. They go hand in hand. We also need to be ready for God's surprises along the way. It involves Uh, staying open to who God might bring into your sphere of influence. It might be the most unlikely person you'd ever expect, someone who makes you uncomfortable, or he might bring you partners to do ministry that you don't really feel comfortable being around, but they're your partners now, and we need to work hard. This is not an easy thing. It involves a cross. It requires a passion to see lost people become devoted followers of Jesus. It requires an understanding that the church doesn't simply exist for me. It exists to bring those who aren't in a saving relationship with Jesus. That we need to be going out to others with words and loving actions of service in the name of Christ. It requires hard, sometimes frustrating work and commitment, but it's a good work. It's for Jesus who gave his life for us and all people. It has eternal implications. And finally, it truly is an adventure and a way of joy that too many church folk are missing out on. 
following Jesus is not a spectator sport, friend. It's more than sitting in a pew and singing songs and listening to sermons. It's more than sitting in a Bible study class. It's following him onto the playing field and joining him in his kingdom adventure, finding and ministering to people who need him, just like we do. So let me ask you, let me ask you today, how is the fishing going in your life? or in the life of your church. I don't know if I'm alone in this, but when I look at the headlines or consider the tensions in the workplace and households and the hurts and needs in our community and people who are missing out on Jesus in their life, it strikes me that the time is ripe. It is now for people like you and me in the church to drop what we're doing and truly follow Jesus, applying these lessons we've learned today. Go to the people, proclaim the gospel boldly, teach from scripture's truths, compassionately serve the hurting, pray to stay open to God's surprises, and work hard for the kingdom of God, because Jesus is counting on us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the glorious good news of your everlasting kingdom. Anyone who's listening today that has not entered that kingdom, Lord, may your Holy Spirit move them to enter in. We ask, Lord, that you would use those of us who have entered to proclaim and teach the truth of Jesus in your kingdom with our words and with our acts of compassion. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us holy boldness to bring your message to those around us wherever we are. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. It is our prayer that today's gospel message has encouraged you to stay open to God's surprises as you work hard for the kingdom of God. For Jesus is counting on us to become bold fishers of those who need him, just like we do. As a nonprofit ministry, Christian Crusaders is dependent upon the free will gifts of our listening family. Memorial gifts are a meaningful way to remember friends and loved ones on their birthday or other special occasions. We are able to accept donations by credit card. Write us today at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. You can also call us toll-free at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. Or shoot us an email to cc at naz.org. We are grateful to each of our listeners who have remembered Christian Crusaders with their gifts and their prayers. We encourage you to check out our new redesigned website. Visitors to our site will discover easy-to-find links to current messages as well as previous messages and other useful information. Check us out today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service today was the Rev. Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.